can't remember what the scenario was, but it was just a couple. Oh, it was, it was on, um, I think it was on Christmas Eve or or sometime during the Christmas season. But I was, we were just praying in our living room with my kids. And I was like, like, it was such a peaceful, quiet, like, moment, right? And it was just like, guys, like, do you understand how blessed you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and what are you going to do with this? Like, if we've yeah. got, like... Our life is so good. Like mm-hmm. we're in a home that's warm, that's beautiful in a free country. And we have the fullness of faith. You know, Jesus has love. You have a family that loves you. Like, like God has given you so much. And now what are, what are you going to do with that? And How are you going to make a response? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I mean, like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel guilty or like self condemned because of the goodness that we have in America or the community or the yeah. faith no, we have. It just is more more much much will be expected to whom much has been, given. been given hello and welcome to beyond damascus the show where encounter meets mission my name is dan dimite and i'm joined here in studio with aaron richards and Brad Pierron, and we're going to have yes. a show that is on fire Let's today. Go. Woo woo. All right, my friends, today we are talking about perseverance in mission. So mm-hmm. often we experience this like call to mission, and we experience that call to mission in a moment of consolation where mm-hmm. the Lord is speaking clearly to us. We, we experience the Lord's voice, his presence, and his conviction, and then we go into mission mm. and shocking. When we get into the mission field that we've been called to, it's not all Bambies and flowers and <laughs> buttermilk pancakes. It's 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 hard, right? The, it's called missionary work for a reason. And so mm-hmm. we are going to talk today about just persevering and mm-hmm. how we can encounter the mission field with a spirit of perseverance. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Aaron, do you want to open this in prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would pierce our hearts. The image I was getting, as Danny, even as you were speaking, was that there's people who are turning on today's show, and even in those first few words, they're saying, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. So, Jesus, I pray that that, yes, that's me, would be your word today, mm-hmm. that you'd pierce the hearts of, of those who are listening today, that you'd, that you'd open us up, that you could uh, console transform and convict us mm-hmm. to a greater yes in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 <laughs> Aaron, I we I was thinking about that drama we do together. It's called God's Chisel. It's just like back yeah. and forth, like little drama skit. We can do skit. it right now if you we want. We should. We should definitely <laughs> we, do we, it. The last yeah. time we did that was at our men's retreat. <laughs> yeah. And guys loved it. It was like, that's awesome. Well, and the, the main character, which is me. <laughs> yeah. and, and then God, which was Aaron. Uh, arguably, the drama. arguably the main character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, but there's a line the in it where... The main character. Yeah, the main character, the only character. It's only a two-person. <laughs> And drama. Uh, the you know my character says like oh but it's so hard and then God says but you're the one who bought, bought into, into the, the line. line thinking things were going to be easy when you said yes there's the line but it's going to be so it's so hard and you're the one who bought into the lie that it's going to be easy when you said yes to me right and yeah. isn't, isn't that the story of Christian like so many modern day Christians is mm-hmm. that we bought into this lie that everything was going to be easy when we said yes to him mm-hmm. and when he calls us to mission, um, we don't want to buy into the lie that everything's yeah. going to be easy. And I think sometimes we do. Like we get this because that call to mission was made in this moment of consolation. We're like, whoa, like God's yes, I'll do it. Like, let's go. And then mm-hmm. 
boom, it like hits us, yeah. right? And Jesus, he he actually speaks that. What's so funny is like when you when you look at his call, like obviously the Lord is fulfilling and loving and all of those things. He also says this, I'm sending you as lambs among wolves, right? Like when he sends the 72, it's like, he, he doesn't like, he doesn't hesitate to tell us like, hey, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And there's going to be the things that you face that yeah. are, that are going to provoke fear in you, but take courage. I've overcome all of those things, yeah. right? So the, the story is not, hey, go out and everything's going to be dandy. It's go out. And as you're doing the things that are hard, look at me because I'll show you the goodness in the hardship that you're doing. So like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that we can often just kind of overlook those verses, but the Lord has something for us. Oh yeah. That, no sure. servant is greater than the master. Right. Well, the master suffered and died. And died. And yep. so That's right. like he, he tells us exactly <laughs> what we should expect. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that we get shocked when it comes, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So our beautiful namesake, St. Paul here at Beyond Damascus, what Paul does is when he encounters the living God on the road to Damascus, he goes back to Damascus with the uh, disciples and he just stays there forever. forever. And they do all kinds of Bible studies mm -hmm. and they they hang out together in hipster coffee shops and they feel really good about themselves. And he about the and Christian he, yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and he Christian never yoga. goes beyond it. Yeah, right? he never, he goes, never yeah. goes beyond it. No, like that's, I love it. Actually, so Paul, as he's being struck blind in his moment of it being called to yeah. the Lord, which maybe that wasn't that much consolation. Maybe that's why he got excited <laughs> yeah. to go beyond. It's like, I can see again. This yeah. is good. I can go. But the Lord also at the same time is appearing to Ananias. And in Paul's very first call, Ananias speaks the call of Paul uh, to, I mean, the Lord speaks the call of Paul to Ananias. And this is what he says. He says that Paul will carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and Israelites, and I will show him what he must suffer for my name. That there's the call of Paul is to, that he's going to see how he is called to suffer for the name of Jesus. That like, I, I don't know, when I first heard the call from Jesus in my life, I, he wasn't like, there There wasn't this moment where he explicitly says, you are going to suffer for my name, but the call is connected to the cross. There was this yeah. moment of the call where the Lord was like, Dan, my love for you cost me my life. Mm -hmm. What does your love for me cost you? And this is this idea, whoa, okay, if I'm going to enter into mission, it's got to cost me something, right? Um, the So I have a, Interesting question and kind of a premise that I'm, I'm, uh, I've been wrestling with is that actually suffering, it, it is what produces salvation, right? That in order for salvation to have come, Jesus had to suffer, uh, or at least it was the Father's permissive will that he had to suffer. And so if suffering is what causes or brings about, produces salvation— is it not the suffering? Is it would it not be God's will that we would suffer so that we could produce fruit for the sake of the kingdom? And and is it is it is it possible that actually the Lord wants us to experience unity with His cross, an experience of suffering, an outpouring gift of self, a a a a, a, a grind, so that others could be set free? Right, that the minister of the Lord or the missionary of the Lord, the laborer in the Lord's vineyard, they experience hardship and suffering and pain so that others can experience freedom, right? And so that, um, what do you guys think about that? You know, I keep, I hope this doesn't derail the conversation. No, all, but it won't. The, uh, the, that word in scripture that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it, mm. it, it bears fruits so that it might bear life, right? And uh, I'm, 
in a certain sense, yes, a grain of wheat dies and falls to the ground, but it's it's not really dying. Yeah. There's it's being transformed. Mm-hmm. It has to, it has to it has to be separated from its past, you know, in its wheat way of thinking, from its past understanding of what its of what its limitations are, mm-hmm. so that it can bear greater fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I have a hard time entering into the this expectation that a God who loves us would will our suffering, but mm-hmm. I do think that a God who loves us would will us to to grow. Mm-hmm. The, the the grain of wheat it it is transformed, but it's transformed through ripping itself. Exactly, open. exactly, and and yeah. and through persecution. You know, it's not like it's not like um, little Aaron gets to get beat up and then go back to being little Aaron. Mm. It's Aaron gets to get mm-hmm. beat up and then rise. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That that you know, it's it's right. it's a truism. It's part of like natural law that as things get stressed, they get stronger. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's also it's it's a huge reason that like in Catholicism we we stress we stress the resurrection so heavily and yeah. like because like the idea of penal substitution that we're just going to rest on the Father unleashing His wrath on the Son is like no, not quite. But He loved Him so much that He let Him pass through that so that the resurrection that was on the other side could be manifest possibility. Yeah. That there there's there's times at which God like is is permitting things that actually are all about our reunion, communion with him, yeah. which brings us to wholeness. Yeah. It brings us to, to healing, right? Like, and that's what I think is so beautiful about the understanding of like my willingness to go into things that are hard because I'm willing to suffer there, Lord, so that you show me how to transcend that which I thought was a limit, well, right? And I, I, would, I would ask, what fruit has ever come without suffering? So give one mm-hmm. example of mm-hmm. something abundantly fruitful happening without suffering, right? So uh, a state championship for a football game, well, there was a lot of suffering, right? Muscle growth, well, there was the ripping of the, t- like the tearing mm-hmm. of the muscle mm-hmm. in order for it to grow. The, yeah. the like uh, a company opening, well, the company didn't just become successful without people giving themselves to that, probably, that work. Probably the only example is when someone else suffers for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Salvation. Yeah, yeah. Salvation is it. Yeah. Uh, but the, and, and so I think the Lord actually, uh, he welcomes us into this laying our lives down and suffering for the sake of salvation to come among, uh, upon others that, I mean, you even in the most simple way, the family, right? That mm-hmm. mom and dad suffer, if you will, they sacrifice for the fruitfulness of their children, the, the, the child being born is out of suffering. The, mm-hmm. so life comes through the cross, if you will, or the, the, the child grows and develops in a healthy, holistic way mm-hmm. through the sacrifices and the, and the suffering, the tiredness, the outpouring gifts of the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a metamorphosis. So exactly what Aaron was saying, I think is, is the key here, right? That it's, it's about transformation. Yep. So, so the, the, re- the reason by which like that grain of wheat is, broken open and like spread onto the ground, like, like poured out like yep. a libation. I mean, if we're talking Paul, right. The reason that happens is precisely for the miracle that comes next. Yeah. It's for the miracle that comes next, which is the, the active, like spreading of life to all that's around it. Like that's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. And so like, actually I, I think that makes tons of sense in mission. Like I would go into mission and suffer for the active spread of the life that's around me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go in and I'll be the one that dies, that lays down. Right. Like I, I remember in college one time I, I had a word that someone shared with me that Brad, you're going to be a bridge in your life. And uh, I, I then later listened to a talk where I think it was Matt Marr or something. I don't even exactly remember, but some um, Catholic that was speaking on a lighthouse media CD was saying that like, 
if you're called to be a bridge in your life and I'm like, oh wait, I have that. Uh, <laughs> you, you need to lay down and there's going to be times when people walk on you. But there's this humility, right? Like, like mm-hmm. Jesus says that no one takes my life from me. I freely lay it down. Yeah. Humility and humiliation are very similar. One, someone forces me to the ground and one, I actively lay. Mm-hmm. You can't take something that I've already given. Yeah. So when I go into suffering knowing I'm going to lay down here, you can't force me to the ground. It's not going to knock me off. It's only going to build a foundation for people to, yeah. to, I don't know, like stand upon, build upon. And and I think if if you find yourself in mission territory and you experience hardship and suffering and difficulty in that mission territory, I think that's that makes sense, right? That it's that God has you there for a reason because he wants to bear fruit mm-hmm. through that. And I think it is that transformation or that renewal of the mind where you're saying, okay, actually, if I got into this, if I started this mission work, or if I started to evangelize and I thought it was all going to be easy, or I thought that this was going to be convenient, or I thought everyone was going to come back to me as soon as I, I got in, like I started to share the gospel, um, it that maybe the renewal, the transformation of the mind is just that, hey, like Jesus had to suffer and die before he saw the fruit of the resurrection. Um, this, I, I, I love Paul. I think sometimes we forget just, you know, uh, the Lord says, I'll show him what he must suffer for my name. This is what Paul says in Second Corinthians. He says, whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. So he's like, I got it all, right? Are they servants of Christ? Uh, I am more, right? He's like, yeah, yeah of course, I'm more. And then he says, listen, like, I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. So five times, 40 lashes yes. minus one right. is what Jesus experienced for the mm-hmm. scourging of the pillar. Paul experienced the scourging yeah. of the pillar five times. Can we right? also pause real quick? He's not being prideful here. No. So this is another thing in the church that happens sometimes. It's like when I actually say what the Lord's doing in me and through me, it's prideful. Yeah. He's literally just saying what actually happened to him. And then what he's saying is, but there's something greater. I'll, I'll yeah, keep going, but yeah. I just think we can chalk this up as pride when we say things like this, but Paul's being clear. Well, that's exactly, he's like, I'm not boasting. I'm no. actually just boasting my weaknesses, he says. But he right. says, like, I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five mm-hmm. times I've received from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in dangers from the Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in danger in the country, in danger of sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled. I have often gone without sleep. I have I've known hunger and thirst, and I have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all of the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of these things that show my weaknesses. And it's just like, when I think about what Paul went through, when when I'm concerned about how my missionary life is going and whether or not I'm tired or if, like, man, this guy endured it all, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. I have not yet, suffered to the point of shedding my blood, like no matter how hard our mission is, mm-hmm. like there are those who have gone before us that have given so much more. Yeah. I, 
I don't even like, how do you even respond to that? It's, it's like one, of, it's one of the greatest verses ever. And it, because what Paul ultimately says is like, all of these things that have been my weakness are now the greatest strength I carry. Mm -hmm. That all these things that beat me to the point where I couldn't walk, all these things that made me more fearful than I could ever imagine, all of these things that left me feeling isolated, alone, and unable to continue are now the things that when I speak them to you, you see them as accolades, not as belittlements. That, like, that, that's it, right? Like, yeah. that, like, all of those are tremendous sufferings. What he's saying is I'm laying out this list not to tell you how great I am, mm -hmm. but, how, but how I was so weak. Yeah. That, like, I was bleeding and, I was, and I'm human. Yeah. And, like, and I, I boast of these things because God showed up every time. Now, and if you're in that moment of mission right now, listening and you feel like you just can't persevere anymore in mission. Think about that. I know the mark of greatness is that brokenness that you're experiencing right now. That is the pathway that God is going to make you so great, right? That it's that tiredness or it's that hopelessness. It's that frustration. It's that disappointment. All of those things are the very thing that God is saying, I'm going to use those weaknesses to teach you how to win the nations, how to carry my name and how to, how to see my victory. It's that, and I, you know, in, in ministry this over this last month, there's, I've been doing a lot of prayer ministry over people who are sharing just kind of the sadness in their ministry that's not producing the kind of fruit that they want. And I'm like, have you given God Thanksgiving yet for that? Like, have you, have you actively said, thank you, Lord, for the desolation I'm experiencing right now? Thank you, Lord, for the disappointment I'm experiencing right now. Thank you, Lord, for the barrenness right now. Because I think when we start praising him in the storm, to, to quote a casting crown song, <laughs> when we start to praise him in that storm, to, to praise him in the midst of that, that struggle, then we realize, oh my gosh, that struggle is the very thing that's going to lead to my triumph or not necessarily better yet, not my triumph, but the Lord's triumph, yeah. right? It is the cross that leads to the triumph. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking, Aaron? Uh, just some good words of conviction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's something about like, and, and Aaron, you and I have talked about this before. There's something about, um, there is that reality that it's actually in the suffering that we can relate to God on this side of eternity in a way we can't on the other. That, that like when I'm in that trial, that trial won't be present when I experience the kingdom in its fullness, but it is here now. And there's something about me learning dependency on God in that and still choosing him in that that, that actually changes me in a way that prepares me for the moment I come before him and all of those things are gone because I see the one who, oh, I was dependent on you when I didn't have all mm -hmm. this. And it almost makes, it, I don't know if that makes sense, but it almost makes the other side better because like, I remember choosing you in that and now it, it's all here and like, it's all pieced together. I don't know what you think about that. There's but, something beautiful too about, uh, you know, I'm always encouraged, either encouraged or annoyed, when somebody wants to be like me, right? Huh. That that like when my when my kids try to try to be like dad, yeah. there's something deeply encouraging and affirming about that. And this is hmm. suffering is a beautiful invitation that we have to be like Jesus, like to walk in His footsteps mm -hmm. and to share in that in that beautifully intimate and mysterious aspect of His identity. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, it. We talk about we talk about this being a mystery, and it is a mystery because you can't say God wants this for us. Mm -hmm. you can't like mm -hmm. in heaven, you will not suffer. Our destiny is not this. Yep. Mm -hmm. But but here and now, like we have an opportunity to actually seek that in the same way that He did. Yeah. Yes. 
And if it's good enough for him, it's got to be good enough for us. Mm-hmm. And and the I think there's two different kinds of sufferings too, right? Like mm-hmm. there's sometimes the suffering that comes in our life because our life is out of balance sure. or it's unhealthy yeah, it's or it's like not like and and so we don't want to exalt the cross of, of bad choices, right? Yeah, like sure, if, sure. If, if I'm not praying and because of that, I'm experiencing suffering like that's, or if I'm the suffering's it, it, imposed on me by the evil of another or yeah, something to that effect, right? Exactly. Like, like those, yeah, those are diff- those you don't want to like get into like, yeah, keep going in that, right? You're suffering because this person's imposing something on you. Keep yeah. diving there. But to your point, there's a suffering in that middle. Well, that's like, and when we hear God call us and, and you know, you are called to mission. And when you hear that call to mission, mm-hmm. it is that unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains less but a grain of wheat. But if it if it dies, it produces a great yield, right? A great harvest, a great fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And I think we do we do buy into the lie that when we said yes to him, everything was going to be easy. That when that when we said yes, that harvest was going to come right away. Right. Or that harvest was going to become uh plentiful and abundant. Mm-hmm. Like and the 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 harvest is not promised right away, right? Mm-hmm. There's this process of falling to the ground and being broken open. And and then even in that breaking open, the the slowness that comes from that breaking openness of growth and growth and growth. And the Lord mm-hmm. wants to grow us. And um well, God, well and like yes, he wants to grow us. He also wants us, right? He he wants us in relationship with him. And I, I know this you're you, I'm not making a dichotomy here. What I'm saying is like sometimes we can say like God wants to bring us into suffering so he builds up a virtuous machine in me, yeah. right? And yes, to a degree, like he's building me up, but but also because I am so aware of how much I need him then. Yeah. And that's when he's gonna come through. And you guys have heard me a million times go into this faith hope dichotomy, like not dichotomy, but this faith hope understanding, this separation of faith and hope that doesn't take them out of necessity, but actually separates them and, sh- and shares that. Like my faith says, God, you can do whatever you want right now. Like this suffering in front of me, yeah. it would be nothing for you to stop it. You could do it with like, like it's it's not even reasonable to even talk about. Yeah. Like it, it's nothing to you. Yep. Yet at the same time, like, in the case that you allow the suffering to persist or you call me further into it, like Jesus into the desert, it says that the Holy Spirit drove him into the desert, right? To be tempted by the evil one. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of a suffering, yeah. not eating, like <laughs> being tempted to eat when you're not eating. Like the hope says something like, and in the case you don't do it right now, it's only going to be better later mm-hmm. because you want me, like in, you want me to have you. It, it's this relationship thing. Again, like I just don't want to make suffering. And I know that we don't either, but like I do, I've seen that in the church where suffering is just a, a means by which I achieve the end of great virtue and character. Mm-hmm. And I become an unbelievable human representative of the divine God. And yes, maybe partially, but also God, I need you. And if all things were perfect, I would convince myself I didn't need you. It's actually in the midst of this trial it's when the waves are about to sink the ship and you're asleep that I'm like, Lord, we really need you or we're not going to make it. And that's when he just, I, I've never in my life seen him show up more powerfully that's than when awesome. that's the moment of declaration. So, yeah. so we're, we're outlining kind of two things that I'm not sure if this is where we'll land sure. today, but yeah, so suffering, it stretches us, it changes something in us and suffering invites us into a relationship with him. Definitely, yeah, both and. Both of those are good things. Which yeah, is right. why fruitfulness comes from it. Yeah. Why Actually, I want to yeah, yeah, go yeah. into some story time. Can we go into yeah, story please, time? Yeah. So uh, I, one of the <clears throat> sad things about 
being Catholic blessed with so many amazing saints is we don't hear about the Protestants who were really awesome people as well. And there's this incredible uh, Protestant missionary who uh, was a missionary to the Burmese people. And uh, it just, we, we don't know him as Catholics because he's not a canonized saint because yeah, he yeah. wasn't Catholic. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, his story needs to be told and <clears throat> it just blows my mind. Uh, so first of all, this guy says so his name's Adirondam Judson. Right. And he, he lived in the 1800s and um, this, I just want to start by, he, he wanted to be a missionary and he, he had a little liking to a young lady named Anne. And so he wanted to be a married missionary. And so <laughs> He, he proposes to Anne and they're in their early 20s. I think she was 21. He was 23. And, um, and when he proposes, she, she doesn't say yes, which it just, I just love that. Like, that's a, like, she's like, let me think about it. And then she ultimately says, I, you need to ask my dad. Uh, Cause he didn't like, dude, mistake. Uh, but <laughs> so this is the letter he writes um, to Anne's dad. Uh, mistake until he writes this letter. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> says, Dear Mr. Hasseltine, <laughs> I have now to ask whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring to see her no more in this world, whether you can consent to her departure, her subjugation to the hardships and the sufferings of a missionary life, whether you, have, whether you can consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all of this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you, for the sake of perishing immortal souls, for the sake of Zion and the glory of God? Can you consent to all of this in hope of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory? with the crown of triumph and righteousness brightened with the acclamations of praise, which shall redound to her savior from heathen saved through her means from eternal woe and despair. I mean, when you asked <laughs> Monica's dad, if you could marry Monica that's, that's or Nina's kind of dad, like, were, were those the words you used? Well, I was working in parachute ministry, so <laughs> I think those are the questions he asked me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, no, I didn't use those words, I don't think, exactly. But yeah. um, I, I, it is funny, though, because I, the way of life we do live, it, it's interesting because I, I remember going into it thinking to myself, like, I'm going to be a missionary, I think, for probably the rest of my life. And that financial situation is not exactly the same as it would be otherwise. And so I remember having like in my heart, this like, okay, I'm just going to approach it. And if there's any question there and, and uh, Nina's dad, Mike is amazing. And he was, he was so awesome to me in the conversation, but it is funny how like the mission life is just a different call. Yeah. And it does have a different perspective. And obviously that's the extreme of it. Like there, there was nothing like that, <laughs> but like it has a different lens. It, it just, it does by its nature have a different lens on, on life. Well, and I think so often we just assume that consolation in this world is the highest good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, um, but the, it, it may be the better way of saying salvation comes through the suffering of God's people. Maybe the better way of saying it is salvation comes through the laying down of God's people's lives, right? That it's the mm-hmm. act of laying my life down that produces the fruit. It's the mm-hmm. act of dying to myself and giving myself up that the, the fruit and the harvest comes. And the, 
It, it, you know, from the like our life decisions are so often based off of what's going to bring the most consolation. I'll take this job because it's going to bring consolation. I'll, I'll 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 do this or I'll do that because it's going to bring the most consolation. And um, the but the mission field mm-hmm. and whether you're in full time mission in India, like, like yeah, right, uh, right, or you're going into the mission territory of your parish or your workplace, it's. Are we in it for the consolation or are we in it just to lay our life down for the Lord? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a, a, a powerful question. So story time continues. Um, <clears throat> Adoram, right? They um, they go to India and from there they decide to go to... So first of all, the dad says yes. So that's, that's dad worth said noting. Yes, yes. Worth noting. Yeah. Uh, dad's friend said, if that was my daughter, I would tie her to a bedpost and never let her leave the house. Isn't that but wild? But he said... Let's go for it. Let's go for it. <laughs> that wasn't a direct so quote bold, from him. But, no. but yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, if it was, that's amazing. He just writes him back a letter. Let's go yes, for it. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> so they decide to go to Burmese. And I just want to, um, I want to highlight kind of the suffering they went through, right? Um, as, the, as they're going to Burma, Anne becomes pregnant and they lose the baby, the, their first baby. And then they have a second child and at eight months of age, they lose that child. And uh, as they're traveling to to get to the mission field, right? This is the early 1800s. And so, I don't know, losing children probably isn't completely uh, unbeknownst to people at that time. But they're in Burma for um, 10 years, a decade, and they have mm. seen no converts, not a single convert. And um, the it, it, after this decade, Adoram is put in prison. And Anne discovers when he's in prison... Uh, ten years of laboring in Burma with no with no converts that Anne's pregnant, and then he leaves when he by the time he gets out of prison, um, the the child that they had has died, and Anne seventeen I mean I'm sorry eleven months after he gets out of prison, Anne dies as well, and so he's he's in Burma and he he's lost his wife and he's lost three children and. He's he's laboring in the, in the vineyard, and this is his his reaction. Right, he starts self doubt takes over, and he starts to wonder like, did I become a missionary for ambition or fame, and not humility and self denying love? And he starts to really examine himself. Like all of this in the midst of the suffering, he realizes I actually there there was a part of me that just got into this for ambition and fame, and mm-hmm. he struck with this total humility and. So often, I think we do that, right? Like we get, we say yes to the Lord because there's this hidden, Teresa of Avila calls it imperfect love, right? Yeah, sure. Where like there's this hidden agenda where like I want the consolation of being the Lord's missionary, or I want to see the consolation of bearing fruit for the kingdom, and I want the accolades of people that think I'm a good person, I'm doing yeah. good things. Like so often that follows us in ministry. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm just um thinking through this story. I've I've heard you share this before and uh just continue to be struck by it. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for me is that is that he comes to that realization after he has subjected his wife and children to lay their lives down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and to be honest, yeah, you know, I've I've had similar conver- conversations with the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. that that uh all three of us are entering into like a, a, a really a really focused missionary life. Just last night, we were looking at our spring schedule and seeing the number of weekends that we're going to be away from the kids or that I'm going to be away from the kids and, mm-hmm. and asking like, okay, is this, uh, 
God, is this, is this still consistent with the call that you've placed here? Or is this, is this motivated by some mm-hmm. imperfect love? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that, is a, that is a question that we need to ask. And, and I think the fruit of it, as, as you'll get to, is, is just that the, the Lord invites us to be purified in our, in our commitment to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just wonder how else he would have discovered it was imperfect love. Mm. Yeah, that's a good and, word. And, that, and that's, my, that, that's constantly what I go back to, is that like the virtue is worked in us on the backside of the revelation that God is that which transcends that suffering. Yeah. Right. And, and at least in my life, I, I'm trying to recall a single time where that hasn't been the case. The only times I realize my own like um, self-reliance or, or my, or my like, um, I don't know, self-consuming thoughts, imperfect love. It's always on the other side of like, oh man, that was really hard. And I noticed that I wanted to give up the whole time. Why was that? And then when the Lord fills that place and I'm in it the next time, I almost don't even recognize it as suffering anymore, which is funny when Paul starts talking about all those things. I wonder at what point he was just like, I'm so connected to the Lord. I've seen this before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then, but that becomes unstoppable. That, that is yeah, the, yeah. that's the missionary that converts the nations. That's the Francis Xavier's of the world. That's the yeah. Isaac Jogues of the world. And obviously not, only our Catholic brothers and sisters pursue this radical call, which is yeah. why this story is so touching. But I yeah. don't know if there's another way he could have realized that maybe there's this imperfect love that I, I want to let go so I can be yeah. closer to you. Because the, fr- the fruit of suffering is both growth and uh, persecution. Right? Yes. Growth and restriction. Yes. And, and, and repentance. But, but, when, but when the, the negatively impactful component of that loses its power because we've aligned ourselves to Christ, then, then there's only room for growth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I do actually think that that is where the crux of Catholic theology is at. And it's why it's so beautiful. It's why it's right. Yeah. It's, because it, it's both. And it's so wedded and it's so clear. And you can, you can see it in the life of Jesus. You can see it in the life of Paul. And I'm seeing it in my life, like in, in a, in a more profound way than ever. And anyway, I, I think all that to say, like, what a revelation that is. Yeah. Like think about his soul. Yeah. Like how greater was his soul? I bet fruit starts happening. I don't even know this story, but I can't wait to hear it because yeah. whenever we realize that, of course, fruit starts happening, mm-hmm. right? Like, of course, because I, I, I've set that aside and now Lord, it really needs to be you. Yeah. Like, because maybe, maybe your story is different than that if you're listening today and you're like, well, I've actually been doing it for 10 years and I have abundant fruit because my gifts are greater than that guy's. Well, even that is going to come to the point at which, at which it meets a limit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and, I just, yeah. could you, and not, none of us have really truly experienced this. Like he went to Burma. And so there was, there was no Burmese to English dictionary when he went there. There was no dictionary. Yeah, yeah. So like he didn't, there was no means to, to even, he had to learn the language. Right. And there's no mm-hmm. Burmese Bible. Right. There's sure. like, so he, there's, he, he doesn't have even the resources. I think sometimes like it, or like, oh, people don't understand me. I'm trying to share the gospel and they don't, they, they're not listening. Or yeah. it's like, like, dude, you're not alone. Like people have That's shed good. their blood for this, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the, there's a, a whole cloud of witnesses that understands what you're going through. That's and good, don't coddle yourself so much to think you have it so hard when they had it way harder, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Paul, like he labored like recklessly for the sake of the gospel to have reached you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then other missionaries have labored recklessly for the sake of the gospel to, mm. to reach you. And now ne- like 
you are already standing as, as we all just say, you're yeah. already standing on the shoulders of giants. They've yeah. already done all the really hard work. Mm-hmm. And now you're complaining because in your American comfortable house, like not everyone welcomes you right away. Yeah, well, right. Aaron, what do you think about this? Cause off what Dan's saying, like it also, those are the people that don't, don't fall out of the church. Like once you go that far with the yeah. Lord, mm. it's like, he's real. Yeah. You know, it, it, the times when I doubt, are the times at which I, I, yeah. I'm kind of backing out a little. Yeah, it, it, It's the moment, like, when you go to those places with him, he's real or he's not. The only thing he's not mm-hmm. is in between. And we always treat him like in between in the Western world. And not always. Now, again, I, I, don't, I don't mean to, I, I need to be careful there. Like, I just think our tendency in the Western world, because we have so much. So this is, is Adoran Judson's response, right? So at this point in his life, he kind of retreats into himself or retreats into the Lord is probably better. And he starts reading the Catholic mystics, right? Like, mm-hmm. good, good work. And um, he, he said he removes anything that might conceivably support pride or promote his own pleasure. So he had uh, honorary... Uh, uh, doctorates from Brown University. He mm. he publicly writes a letter to renounce that. He doesn't want an honorary doctorate, right? He publicly renounces and destroys all of his letters of con- uh, commendation. Because Did he read The Imitation of like, Christ? Did Thomas Aquinas <laughs> get a hold of this guy? Know, He's maybe. like, vanity of vanities. Yeah, man, get it all out. Of it. He gives away all this private wealth, right? Which was only six thousand uh, dollars, and then he re- and he requests from his church that his salary be reduced to one fourth. And so he's like, just completely. And this is the but this is the most insane thing is what you're saying, Brad. So he he digs a grave next to his hut in Burma, and he prays while uh, outside of the grave, and he just stares at the grave, and he said, "God is to me the great unknown." I believe in him, but I find him not. He's in this this place of like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know what his contemplation is there. The mo- Like he's looking at the grave. Is he like hungering for death? Is he like, when am I going to die? Like, but he's been shout, like surrounded by death. And now he's there like mm-hmm. meditating, looking at his own grave. <laughs> like he has stripped himself of everything. He mm-hmm. has stripped himself of everything. And, um, uh, fruitfulness doesn't come right away. So after two more years, he does finally win um, two converts. I mean, I'm sorry, 18 converts. And um, the people start to hear about his suffering and his sacrifice and his all in this. And so other missionaries start joining him. And so now 12 years in, he's got a few other missionaries with him. And what he does is um, he he's working like during the day, he's just laboring all day long in the mission field, trying to share the gospel. And in the evenings, he is writing a Burmese to English dictionary so that the future missionaries will be able to learn the language faster and be able to share the gospel. There's the fruit. Yeah. And he starts to translate Mm. the scriptures into, um, into the Burmese language and he spends 24 years on this project just to make sure that future missionaries have access to the language to reach the people group, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I don't know what's going on. In your mic- that is wild. Uh, well, I've shared before on the show and Dan, when you and I were in Paris uh, at the, at the um, Paris school of missions um, two years ago, I was invited up. Uh, Father Bernard, our host there, invited us up to the the missionary library. Yeah, and he showed us a number of these examples where where similarly their missionaries had gone throughout Asia, and 
that the the first and most important work was was creating language. So he uh, he sh- he pulled out a number of these handwritten Bibles that were translated into different different Asian languages, and um, he said these these men had a title for themselves or they they had a motto for themselves. They said we. Uh, we pave the roads that will be trod by the missionaries of the future. Mm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just like that's, uh, what, what if that, what, what if that was our attitude of humility? Right. Um, Lord, let my name never be known. Yes. But let my work pave the road for the missionaries of the future to be able yeah. to carry the name of Jesus. Yeah. They have more, there's martyr graves that are, that are marked known unto God. Uh huh. You know, that like they had just lost themselves in the service of him. And lost their lives, and upon being found faithful, uh, but we don't we don't really know who it is, you know. Yeah. And there is something about that, and that that's why I was curious about your thoughts, Aaron, when I was mentioning that earlier about like when you go that far, he's real because like you talk about those trips to France, and like that is what I think about when you first told me about the library is like when you go that far, it's yeah. it's like. You are you are staking your entire life on writing a Bible that other missionaries are going to pick up and use. Like the the only plausible way that that's in any way sane is if he's real. Yeah, it, it just is, and th- and there is a place there that mm-hmm. that seems absurd on its face until you get there. Yeah, and then it's like it's not absurd at all. It, yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. It's all of my life for the rest of my life. It's, well, I think it's the I think Brad. Sense. Furthermore, sometimes. And Daniel mentioned this earlier as well. Sometimes we have to have that moment of an absurd decision, so that yeah. so that we can exist in the place of realizing, mm-hmm. yes, I've given it all to you. Yeah, and that does look different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dan, as you were sharing about sort of the the experience of our American church, like that 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 can't be a word of condemnation, but it's no. got to be a word of conviction. Yeah, that that I like I've got to do something crazy ridiculous with my life. To, to give it to the Lord so that I can, I can find myself in the place of, of depending on him. Yep. Yeah. 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 I was telling I like, 100%. I can't remember what the scenario was, but it was just a couple. Oh, it was, it was on, um, I think it was on Christmas Eve or, or sometime during the Christmas season, but I was, we were just praying in our living room with my kids. And I was like, like, it was such a peaceful, quiet, like moment. Right. And it was just like, guys, like, do you understand how blessed you are? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and what are you going to do with this? Like, if we've yeah. got, like, our life is so good. Like mm-hmm. we're in a home that's warm, that's beautiful in a free country. And we have the fullness of faith. You know, Jesus is love. You have a family that loves you. Like, like God has given you so much. And now what are, what are you going to do with that? And how are you going to make a response? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I mean, like, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel guilty or like self condemned because of the goodness that we have in America or the community or the yeah, faith no, we have. It's just as more, more, much, much will be expected to whom much has been, given. been given. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking Nina and I went on our uh, one year anniversary over to Italy uh, and we first stopped in Rome because her, her mom and her mom's family are all from Italy. And uh, when we stopped in Rome, we went into St. Mary Major. And for whatever reason, I was I was just um, so impacted by the Lord in St. Mary Major. We were in one of the side chapels, and I looked through from one side chapel to the to the next through through the main sanctuary, and everything was perfect. The measurements, like you, like everything was perfect. And I was thinking to myself about the the tour that had been uh, happening around us, and I was like listening and picking up different pieces. And one of the things that was being said is that like 
it was generations of people building this church mm. that the, the locals wanted to build something pleasing unto God. Like they wanted to build something that generations like me would experience way after them, that they might be able to have an encounter with the Lord, like the one I was having thinking about their lives, yep. you know? And I immediately was like, like no mission is too small. Like no mission is too small. We, we have to actually like look at the Lord and say, what do you want from my life? Like, like those men, as they were laying the bricks, right. And we've heard that like cliche before is you have the, the people that are laying the bricks. They're like, well, I'm just laying bricks. Right. Yeah. You have the people that are like, well, you know, I'm building a wall and then you have the people like, I'm going to build the most beautiful basilica that you've ever seen. Yeah. And, and like, just, just faithfully following the Lord and seeing where he's calling you, not being fearful of what others might think, no matter how big or small and doing it with all of your heart. Like, it just, it blew me away. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, you guys don't have the tool, didn't have the tools that we have now. Yeah. You didn't have the ability to make sure this was a perfect right angle. You didn't have the ability to make sure these measurements were exact. You you spent extra time to ensure that all of this was perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, that, let, let that be the story of my life, whatever mm -hmm. my mission is, that I, I gave it all to the Lord and I, I devoted all of my effort, yeah. no matter how hard it got. Like people died. I don't know if it was building that church specifically, but churches in Rome, like deaths, like yeah. they, they literally, because they're trying to build something miraculous. Well, I, I, it is, I mean, I think in that imperfect love, we want to see fruit and we want to see it fast, right? And uh, and that, I mean, there should be a hunger for that. Yeah, um, yeah. But there, sometimes fast fruit is cheap fruit. And mm. it's the the fruit that mm. um, uh, of the year after year toil is what bears abundant fruit. And mm, yeah. so at the end of his life, so he lived to 61, he ended up getting remarried. His second wife also, she was a, um, her husband was a missionary who died in the mission field. Um, so, but then she, they were married and she also died. And so like, there's just lots of death in this poor man's life. Um, but uh, when he died at age 61 in Burma, um, there were a hundred churches and there were eight, uh, 18,000 believers. So in his own life, Took him 24 years to translate the Bible into the Burmese language with, a, and now all of a sudden, 100 churches, 18,000 believers. And today, in modern day Burma, uh, you know, 200 years later, there's 2.5 million Christians. And so, like, like his yeah. his his entry into the mission field, 200 years later, has produced mm -hmm. abundant abundant fruit. And mm -hmm. I think it was funny. I mean, we do we think enough about, yeah, how's, how is the yes today impacting the next 200 years of mm -hmm. our nation, right? Or my yes today, the sacrifices I'm making today, what kind of abundant fruit are they going to produce in the future? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about this? I've been talking to missionaries recently about the the difference between influence and impact. This hasn't been like a formal, like, like formation teaching, but just as I've been sitting down with missionary guys, I, mm -hmm. like a lot of times we can, we can be so obsessed with influence here and now. Yeah but we don't always think about impact long-term. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, what I'm doing right now is not the most influential thing I could be doing, right? And, and you'll hear this constantly from young adult men, especially. It's like, I want to do the most influential thing right now. It's like, I love that passion. Mm -hmm. Don't lose it. I want you to be an influencer too. But if we also look at impact, impact multiplies. Oh. Like exponential impact is better than incremental impact, Right. And sometimes that happens in these like deep investment in what's in front of me, like, like this, right? Like I don't, would he have ever thought 2.5 million Christians that many years after? Yeah. I, I have no idea. 
right? But that's the impact, not merely the influence. Because if he would have mm. just judged it off influence, he'd have been like, we got to leave now. Yeah. We've been here for five years. There's been no fruit. My influence is little. People aren't yeah. really listening to me. Yeah. I'm not saying influence doesn't matter. I, like, so here I'm saying not what I'm not. But when we partner those two, I think we can live in humility. Well, no, there's so it's, it's, I think it's rooted in pride and it's rooted in failure uh, to have belief in the kingdom, right? That like, uh, <laughs> or have an eternal reality where it's like, there's, there's a pride in me that just, uh, it, I want to be great and I want to be known, right? And there's like, and, and now, you've got to get to that. Yeah, yeah and right now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And the Lord just wants to, he wants to break us of that. And then, but then there's also this idea of, well, my, I only have one life to live. So I've got to get it now and I got to yeah, do it yeah, all yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we don't think from heaven's perspective of, mm. of the, the long-term impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, so what does this mean for, for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, as, as I'm processing today's message, I'm even just thinking to myself, okay, you know, if you hold up that, that yardstick of asking who's engaging actively in Christian mission, I think there's a lot of people in my life who would look at, who would look at the life that we live and say, yeah. like, you guys are on the front line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I hear a message like this and I ask, Lord, what more can I give? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, how, how can I give a radical yes that can, that can, that can have that, that mindset? Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, give us a heart that repents for the times when we've, when we've um, been so focused on the individual stuff that I don't have in this moment or that I, uh, the individual experience yeah. of pain or the circumstance yeah. and, and give me a wider vision mm-hmm. uh, that sees with your perspective. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's right. It reminds me of uh, one of the friends of our ministry. Her name's Meredith Malden and she's amazing. Yeah. And she wrote a song called You Remain that we've been singing here a lot recently. And uh, the, the, the bridge, the, the line that has just been sticking with me, I think I might've even spoken about it on a different episode here, but mm-hmm. um when I see your face, I'll wish I'd given more away Mm -hmm. has just been like, I've been going to prayer regularly with it. And I think, I just think it's true. Like when I come before the face of Jesus on the other side of my life, like I'm, I'm going to wish I'd given more away. And again, I'm not saying being reckless and imprudent, like virtues matter, like temperance, like don't go out and like, just like, uh, I don't know, be imprudent and intemperate. Like, but I do think as I get to know him more, it's like, I want to give you more of me. Like you can have all of my gifts and skill sets, even yeah. if you don't use them in the ways I desire to use them. Like you, you can have all of it. And to your point, Aaron, like anyone listening, like I hope that's the impetus from this is you, you can have all of it. Like you, you can have every single aspect of my life. Like I want to, like you don't have to go and make a huge change tomorrow. Like go back to work and go with this heart into work, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't have to like, uh, move your family across the country, go into your house after work today, look at your family differently and go in with this heart, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a matter of this heart disposition of, of, of let me give what I can to the Lord today and more tomorrow yeah. and more tomorrow. Well, maybe we can kind of wrap up our show today by talking about how, how have you guys or how have we persevered in mission? So in the context of, um, I mean, when when you're called to do hard things and you you hit the hard, what do you, what are your guys' go to things to persevere? Right, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know I'm excited for when I'm an old man because uh, I want I want to be able to like 
testify to perseverance um, from the place of perseverance. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like right now, even still, We're like, in the throes of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I've been serving the Lord for twenty years, but it's like, well, that's twenty years. Like, I, I got, I got another forty more years, and there's, um, yeah. What are you? What's your go-to, Aaron? Like to persevere in mission when mm-hmm. when things get hard. I mean, I, whether it kind of bringing going back to the beginning, whether it, whether from a, a place of of just immaturity or a place of true maturity, the place where I always end up is like those are the moments where I find that it's necessary, or find that I have in desperation result uh, responded from a place of just seeking the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I think back to a number of the times of. Uh, persecution and just difficulty of getting this mission off the ground. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people would look at Damascus today and see the success of what of what's happening here. Um, but I remember times of just like sitting outside this window in my car, nobody else on this campus. And we had hit a wall that we just, mm-hmm. it was impossible to get through. Mm-hmm. And um, just like sitting there with my head in my hands, uh, Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's no way, there's no way we can get through this. Jesus come close to me. Mm-hmm. Jesus come close to me. And, um, you know, in, in every season, it feels like that's, that's consistently, mm-hmm. that's consistently the place that, that the Lord draws me is back to, is just back to the name of Jesus in friendship, in, in desperation, mm-hmm. uh, in, in intimacy of shared, of shared suffering Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've I've just experienced, there's so much consolation and beauty and and mystery there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I've, it, <laughs> this has been such a hard year for I think for all of us, like yeah. all three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're pushing pretty hard in mission right now and um, doing a lot of grunt work that the three of us mm-hmm. know is building a foundation for the future. But no one sees that grunt work. No one sees mm-hmm. the 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 hard work we're doing uh, for the future of, of this missionary movement. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking to myself a little bit, like at times I'm like, like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Like, why am I like the board has not asked me to do like the, the people who am like, you know, our board of directors have not, have not asked Aaron and I to like, or Brad, you to like, push as hard as we are. Instead, yeah, yeah. I, we're asking them, can, can we <laughs> can go we harder? Can hard? we grow more? And like, why are we like, no one expects us to keep going like this. Like, like I could just, we're literally at the place where if we just hit coast, we could coast and we could mm-hmm. be completely like, um, we, we could probably continue to grow slightly, but all of the, it, so even in ministry, when you're seeing success, it, mm-hmm. I think, the grain of wheat to, unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it's not like you die and then all of a sudden it's done. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a matter of dying and glory, yeah. dying and glory, dying right. and glory. It's this decision of like, okay, yeah, I don't want to rest yet. Like, because mm-hmm. my life is like, I'm not an eternal glory and an eternal mm-hmm. glory. Mm-hmm. Right. Then all the death, the deaths to self are done. But in this life, it's, it's, it's a cycle too. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's, you know, there's, there's something so beautiful in that. And there's new lessons to grow new, mm-hmm. new ways of the Lord uh, convicts you and grows you through that. And I would say if, if your life is on coast right now, you know, mm-hmm. Christian cruise control, maybe the Lord's actually asking you into a new season of yeah. how can I lay my life down in a new way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because I, as I listen, like to be a hundred percent honest with your question on like, 
what what I do to persevere. It's only been in the last couple of years that I've really been in a place where I think I've started to figure out from a place of dependency, the right response, you know, like mm-hmm. early in my conversion in most of my life, my response to challenge was I'll fight it. Mm-hmm. Like I will grip it harder. I'll wake up earlier. I'll stay up later. I'll study it more, you know, and, uh, and I'll transcend it and I'll beat it. And most of the time in my life, for whatever reason, there were successes in that. There were failures too, but mostly successes. And then in the last couple of years, I've been so far out over my skis and what God's asking me to do that my prayer has just become more honest. And it, it's been really from a place of desperation that the most common words on my lips are, Jesus, I need you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, I really need you. Because all of this stuff, I can't get past it. I, I can't grip it really hard and win it. I, I can't move it by pushing it as hard as I can or lifting it like, or, or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the analogies I could use from the past. And, and it's been in the last two years that that prayer has fundamentally changed my life. Like the man I am today compared to two years ago is it, just, it's, it's, not, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. And my heart was for Jesus then. But now it's not only for Jesus, it's, 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 it is Jesus's, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that has changed the way that I've persevered. Yeah. Like it, it, it's because, because I know he'll come through. Yeah. And so that, that has been my calling card. And, and I, I actually, I love the word perseverance. And I do, I think it's the, at the end of my life, I, I hope it's the one that, that is most uh, notable for me and my life. Like the yeah. one that marked it is yeah. um, perseverance. Hmm. Um, I just, I feel, a, I feel a conviction to, to speak specifically to someone who's listening to the show, who's asking like, how do I do this thing? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, if, if you're in a place where this message sounds convicting, but not applicable, because mm-hmm. I don't see where it is, like find some way to give that, that, that pushes you. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're doing, mm-hmm. if you're doing something halfway, we'll do it more. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing something, find some place to give. I mean, right. I, I, I think just in, in admiration of, of the missionaries who give their lives here at Damascus on a daily basis, like, mm-hmm. gosh, if this inspires you, get your butt to the website. Like, and it's not yeah. just here. It's a, it's a million other places that you could, that Definitely. you could look to Definitely. ask, how can I give my life away? Um, and specifically where my heart's being called right now is for, I don't know, for the, for the number of people who are listening to this show that, mm-hmm. that going to Burma or going to Damascus just isn't an option anymore. Like there's, there's an incredible grace that can come from making a sacrificial gift of your life by going on mission, by giving of what you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, to yeah. Like, you know, most people have not experienced the joy and the blessing of, of financially supporting a work of mission because they too have never given to the point where it matters, mm-hmm. right? But, mm. to, but to be able to say, okay, what, what, would, what would truly a, a sacrificial gift yeah. in support of this, of this church yeah. or this movement or this mm. person look like? Yeah. Uh, and, and just to ask the Holy Spirit, like, yeah. Lord, are you calling me, are that's you calling right. me into that kind of place? Well, and from mm. your sustenance, not merely your surplus. Because that's, that's, that's when I mean. it counts. That's, what that's when mean. it counts. Because yeah. all of us can give of the extra we have, right? And think, not even think twice about it, right? Um, I, I do. I want to add one thing to that, Aaron, because I, I have a similar feeling, and I, I also want to speak to. There's, there's probably two camps that when you're listening, you have conviction here. Maybe you're like, man, if I keep sitting around, I'm going to rust out. 
well then get into motion, right? Like get into motion, do something. There might be another group. And I think we've, we've spoken to both a little bit, but I want to speak to this latter a little bit more. If you're feeling like, man, I've been on mission. I feel like I'm burning out. Then, then ask yourself what you're running off of. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like the, the stories of the saints that we're talking about, they were running off of something that left them on the path that brought them to glory. Mm-hmm. And if you're burning out and you're like, man, I'm at the end of myself, that's a good time to ask, what am I running off of? Get, get your personal prayer back into alignment, get to confession, go, go receive the Lord in the Eucharist and like, and, and see what you're being fueled mm-hmm. by because you won't be burnt out if you're fueled by him. And if you're in a community of people that remind you of that. So just, just for anyone listening, that's on either of those two, if, mm-hmm. if you're rusting out, move, right? If you're burning out, find him again and, and, and go from there. I think we need just to close with just that imagery of the grain of wheat again. Um, <clears throat> the, the grain of wheat, uh, it permits itself to be opened up and, and ripped open and transformed. I think your word, Brad, is so strong that it's not about waking up earlier and staying up later. It's not about persevering just through the grind and giving more of yourself. It's It, it, it truly is a matter of, I need to die. Yeah. Like it's, I'm dying. And, and when I die, I, I discover this place on the other side of my death is this place of incredible dependence on God. And I don't, I don't think I'm there yet, but I, I, um, it's that process. And that's why, that's why this suffering in the moments of mission mm-hmm. are such a gift because God is actually inviting you into the type of relationship with him that you've never experienced. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. total dependency on Christ is the richest relationship possible. It's, it's mystical union. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, the, the struggle that you have today is the very bo- means by which God wants to bring you there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so give him praise for it mm-hmm. and then do the prayer work to mm-hmm. just start dying to yourself. John and, the Baptist, right? And, yeah. That, and allow that to be, I might decrease that he might increase. Yeah. Right. Like in, in, in the right ordered way, like he, he doesn't want to crush you. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to possess you. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray for those who are on mission and desire perseverance. In the name of father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. 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 Let's just ask the Lord for a word. Father, what do you want to speak to your children? Holy spirit. Since the Lord's just saying, um, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. There's no disappointment that I have towards you. Mm-hmm. He says, I've seen your every struggle. I've seen your every tear. I've seen the brokenness in your heart. Mm-hmm. He says, I, I have a plan for you. And, and I think the Lord's saying, I'm so grateful that you're on your knees right now. And I'm so grateful that you're, you're finally coming to me in dependence of me. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing an image of a, of a young woman who, is, who has struggled not having access to her older siblings, particularly her older sisters. And the Lord says that through family, she's gonna, he is going to open opportunity for you. I just see, I see you having heart to heart connection over the desperation each of you is feeling as each of you steps into motherhood. So mm-hmm. if, if, if there's a young woman who's, who's starting a family, mm-hmm. um, that, that this is going to be a key that the Lord's going to use to invite you into his family. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. 
Yeah, I'm getting the image of a, of a scoreboard that's going back to zero, zero. There's new time on the clock. It's going back to the first quarter. I feel like the Lord's speaking fresh start and, and he wants you to feel the freedom that comes with that. No matter what the score was last game, no matter what the score was coming into listening to this podcast today, there's a fresh start for you. That the Lord's not counting the score from the past. He's not counting the score from the more distant past. He's, he's saying there's a fresh start. Let's, let's get in the game again together. Um, let me back in with you. And so Lord, I, I pray that anyone listening who's ready for the freedom that comes from a fresh start would hear this word for themselves today, that you want to start with them again today with a new mindset and a new way of operating. Thank you, Jesus. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Damascus. Uh, we are excited to persevere in mission with you. We want to show up every week to encourage you in your missionary journey. So if this podcast blessed you, we pray that you would share it with others who are on mission. Sometimes when you're on mission, you just need uh, a weekly encouragement and mm-hmm. uh, a shot in the arm to keep going. And so if this is blessing you, please share it with others so that it can bless them as well. We also want to thank our partners, St. Gabriel Radio, for their partnership in this podcast. We'll see you next week. God bless.